You're listening to the Uncensored Direct Marketing Show. This show is designed for direct response marketers who want raw, unfiltered conversion tips and secrets to scale their offers profitably to reach their next million. I'm Maria Sparagas. I'm the founder of Direct Paynet and your host. Now let's dive in. If you're looking for ways to increase your conversions, make more sales, get a better approval ratio, I have a very special treat for you today. I'm going to be talking to you about issuing bank declines. Now, you may not know what these are specifically. You just probably have a global idea of how many decline transactions you get in your checkout cart, but specifically issuing bank declines, or they can be called do not honors. They can be called um, just simple decline without anything else, just the word decline, or even um, decline by card issuer could be another one. If you see these types of messages, either in your gateway or in your CRM or wherever you're getting your data, that means that your customer's card is saying no to this transaction. And there are certain measures and things that you can do to increase that. Buying traffic and converting a customer in your checkout cart is difficult and you're spending probably a lot of money to do that. So it is very important and something that I really um, drill into a lot of my customers is that they need to focus at what happens once the customer gets to the checkout page. Why are they declining? If somebody wants to buy, why is their credit card not allowing them? Now, there are some decline messages that you can't do anything about, like, for example, insufficient funds. If the person has no money, um, you know, if, you know, uh, the card is lost or stolen or something like that. But issuing bank declines or all the other names that I mentioned to you earlier are things they kind of go into one bucket. And there are some things and some measures that you can take in order to increase uh, or decrease issuing bank declines, therefore increasing your uh, transactional approval ratio. And these are very simple tips. I'm going to give you five easy steps and things that you can do um, that'll take you very little time that can actually help you save quite a bit um, in terms of conversions and convert more sales. So listen up until the end and I will give you these tips. And as usual, please like, subscribe and share to this episode. And if you need any help with merchant accounts or merchant services, you can feel free to reach out to my company, Direct Paynet, link down below. So now let me get to issuing bank declines. Um, so just to kind of dive a little further into this, an issuing bank decline is, like I said, a customer's bank is declining the transaction. Why they're declining the transaction can be due to various reasons. Um, they could, you know, there's, there's a few things that would qualify a transaction as risky. And if the customer's bank is thinking this is a risky transaction, then they'll decline it. Even if the customer has money and, you know, this is really the person that wants to buy it, the bank makes some decisions and sometimes they're false, meaning that the customer wants to buy it, but they've deemed that this is not a good purchase for the customer. Now, a couple of things, you know, why something is considered risky is, for example, let's say you're a U.S. merchant and you're selling to Europeans. So non-domestic transactions are riskier transactions um, just because they're not within the same region, the merchant and the customer. If you're charging in a different currency as well because of exchange rates and so forth, it's a riskier transaction because they may think that the customer may not like the uh, charges that are, are coming from a different currency. If you're in a high-risk business and you are assigned a high risk MCC code, an MCC code is a merchant category code, um, then 
also your customers' banks may be a little bit more uh, inclined to decline the transaction. Now, I have a whole slew of information on the channel about MCC codes. I'm going to link an episode down below. An MCC code is a very important thing. And a lot of times when you're signing up, let's say to Stripe or your merchant account provider, you're just letting them auto-assign to you any category. But the category that they assign to your business actually has a huge impact on your approval ratio. So it is something that you really need to consider and think about if you are classified as a high-risk direct response business versus, for example, a bookstore, your um, your decline rate will be a lot higher. You'll be getting a lot more declines as a direct response merchant versus a bookstore. So that's, um, you know, that's a couple of things that you need to think about. And you can find your MCC code either by asking your processor or if you're with Stripe, you can just go into your account settings uh, and see where they've indicated what your category is. Now, um, how can you fix this? So you're saying, you know, Maria, thank you so much. We're getting, you know, 20, 30% declines. And of those half seem to be issuing bank declines. What do I do? How do I fix this? So you will never fix 100% of these. You will probably not even fix 50%, but it is logical with a couple of steps that you can fix 5, 10, or even 15% of these. And this is found money for you, meaning you don't have to change anything in your cart. You don't have to change anything in your process. You just have to make some changes on the back end, which will help you in fact, get more approvals. So before you go any further, and, you know, so you can kind of understand the process, make sure that you know your data. And when I say that is most merchants that we work with at Direct Paynet, you know, call us and they have their information about, you know, my approval ratio is 80% and 20% of my transactions are being declined. When I say know your data, know what percentage of declines are due to which error message or which decline message. So for example, out of your 20%, how of, of declines, how many are declined for being lost or stolen cards? How many are insufficient funds? How many are issuing bank declines? So on and so forth. Once you know that, then you can target each error message differently and have different strategies for each. But the one that you can most easily fix and most easily take steps to, to repair is the issuing bank decline. So if it is that you have, you know, more than 10, 20% issuing bank declines, then these are definitely things you should look at and take some steps. Now, uh, once you know your data, your number one thing to do is to start looking at your backend and seeing what you're doing, how you're processing transactions and any tools that you're using that may be contributing to the problem. So one thing that I see very, very often is merchants do not have any fraud filters, don't really do anything to stop certain transactions. There are, you know, most gateways like NMI and Authorize.net and all the, the popular gateways have really basic fraud filters um, that you that are just readily available to you. You can turn on and they'll just be activated. Now, a couple of things that you should do is limit the number of transactions per card, number of transactions per IP address, number of transactions per email address. And why I say that is because the more you know, let's call them bad transactions you send to, to your processor, the more likely they will scrub your transactions and they will, you know, start declining more and more of them. So it's important that you only send transactions that you think will go through. So if somebody, for example, with one card number tries six times and they get declined all six times, it's not gonna get approved the seventh time. All you're doing is just sending more bad transactions and paying transaction fees. So you should come up with, what makes sense in terms of how many times somebody can try um, approved or declined, you know, and, and make sure that you put those measures in place. 
You'll be saving some money on transaction fees. So that's always a plus. And number two, you'll be getting scrubbed less because you're sending better transactions to your gateway and to your processor and so forth. Um, now, there has been a couple of things recently, a, a couple of merchants that, you know, especially on the mobile side are collecting very little information to make a checkout page as lean as possible, which does help convert more, meaning more customers fill it in because it's less daunting. But the less information you collect, the more likely that transaction is going to get declined. So what I mean by that is technically all you really need for a transaction to get approved is a card number and expiry date. That's really it. You don't even need to send the name. Um, I'm not, I'm not advocating that's a good practice, but that's in fact what is needed to get an approval. Uh, but if you just send that, then the customer's bank might see that as suspicious that you don't have any more information and decline it. So now when you add CVV, you add the customer's name, now you increase the chances of that transaction getting approved. Now, what if you add address, phone number, the customer's IP, um, you know, the name of the product that they're buying and so forth, and you transfer all of that to the customer's bank, well, then they see that, you know, they have quite a bit of information of what the customer has submitted to you and what they're buying and so on. And they are more likely to approve that transaction if they would be on the fence by any chance, for example, because you have a high-risk MCC. So you do have to test these things, obviously, and see what works for you. But, um, you know, on the payment processing side, what we find is the more information that you send to the to the bank or to the processor, the more likely this transaction will get approved. So, you know, obviously keep it to a minimum amount to get customers to convert on the checkout page, but test adding and deleting different things. Um, and at minimum, you know, name, address, CVV, uh, the IP address is, is just collected from your gateway. You just have to pass it on to the processor. So that's, you know, pretty easy to do. Um, and obviously card number expiry date, that's kind of understood. If you can collect phone numbers, that's also another big plus. Um, another reason, as I mentioned earlier, you know, if you charge a customer in a foreign currency, it's more likely to get declined because there's a currency conversion and sometimes there's extra fees for the customer. So again, if you're a high-risk merchant or you know the if this this purchase falls outside of the customer's buying patterns and it's coming from uh, you know for example U.S. dollars to a European merchant, uh, it might get declined for no reason other than you know the customer's bank saying you know we don't we don't like this transaction for all these different reasons. So what you can do is you can charge in local currency. Most payment processors, uh, you know, I, I would I would be surprised to see one that doesn't offer at least some of the major currencies, you know, uh, pounds and euros and and you know Canadian dollars, Australian dollars, and so forth. So just call your processor and add a couple of currencies. I mean, you can add. Um, you shouldn't add all currencies. You know, sometimes people uh, or merchants get a little bit trigger happy and try to add too many. You should have a minimum amount of volume because there are some small fees to adding currencies. So what happens with that is that you have a US dollar merchant account, for example, that's yours, and you can call your processor and add euros. And every time a customer pays in euros or is in Europe, they get shown a European price and then it gets settled to you in US dollars anyway. So they get charged in euros, you get your US dollars. It's really not a big deal and it's very easy to do and add in your gateway. You just have to contact your processor and they'll take care of that for you uh, for your major markets. Now, um, I, I touched upon MCC codes just a little bit earlier. And for MCC codes, again, it's merchant category code. 
you may have a couple of codes that can work for your business and some work better than others. The only thing that you can really do is contact another provider and try to get another merchant account. And during that process of approval, you can specifically ask for uh, which MCC code you like. So just go on Google, type merchant category codes or MCC codes for Visa, look through the categories, see a couple that would make sense for you and choose the least risky one. So anything in the 596 zero to five, nine, six, nine are kind of the high risk ones. So you, you want to try to avoid those. Um, and then, you know, feel free to drop me a line, uh, if you're not sure which, which MCC code your business falls under, but, um, you know, there's, there's quite a few, and there's a lot of stuff that you can research about MCCs, but try to find the one that's the least high risk and pit it against your current solution. And I can guarantee that just that one change will likely, um, increase your approvals quite dramatically uh, if you have a better MCC code. Um, last but not least, I talk about this quite often on my channel, um, you know, 3DS and the benefits. There are benefits and there's some drawbacks, but if if we touch upon sending more information to your payment processor, having a transaction 3D secure, which is essentially sort of like 2FA in the credit card world. And this is this is a process that can be done through your gateway uh, or your provider. So you just call them and say, hey, I want to add 3DS and they'll add it for you. And it's quite simple to do. But what that does is it gives, it sends a customer, for example, a text message or some kind of other verification for the transaction. If they verify the transaction goes through and it's pretty much guaranteed that it will get approved. So if you're suffering with low approval rates and you're just trying to figure out what to do, you could perhaps test 3 and see how that works. Uh, or you may even just want to test it for foreign transactions if you have quite a bit of foreign that are not doing so well. Um, so those are my tips. I have way more. I'm going to link down another episode uh, where I talk about declines in general. I'm very passionate, obviously, about you know, fixing everything that you can on the technical side, because that is what is going to be the difference maker of you obviously monetizing your offer and making sure that your ads are working properly and making sure that you convert the most amount of sales possible. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Please give me a like and share to everybody in your circle. Thank you so much. 